say, kids, what time is it? It's time for another episode of Brio TV, the podcast. I'm your host, Bill Brio. This episode is brought to you by CTV, Hollywood Suite, Paramount Plus, and Super Channel. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Last week, we welcomed Howie Mandel to the podcast. This week, we are again featuring a special guest from Canada's Got Talent, which returns for a second season on Tuesday, March 21st on City TV. That guest is Howie's fellow judge, Cardinal Official, the Toronto-born rapper and music producer, who fans know as Canada's hip-hop ambassador. As he tells me on this episode, Cardinal knows all about talent shows. He was winning competitions by the time he was 12. He has gone on to release a half dozen studio albums, winning several Juno and MMVA awards, including a single of the year in 2009 for Dangerous and a 2014 soul recording of the year for Can't Choose. In recent years, Cardi has branched out more and more on television with appearances on the CBC comedy Run the Burbs, as well as the judge with the booming voice on Canada's Got Talent. Here he is. Cardinal Official. Cardinal, hi, it's Bill Brio. How are you doing? Bill, what's going on? Well, I'm uh, happy to be talking to you, sir. Congrats on this. I'm I'm going to have to shut my camera off. There's something wrong with it. It's going to start buffering in a second. So uh, oh, that's fine. I just thought I'd give you a look at the beard, and then I would I would get out of the way. <laughs> okay, nice. let me put this off here. Um, listen, congratulations, uh, season two. Um, I thought season one was out outstanding. I watched every minute of it, and you were terrific. You really stepped in, uh, and and uh, you were a great voice on the season one of the show. You must have had a lot of fun. Thank you. I did. You know what? I'll tell you. I tell um... – well, not that I tell people, but we, we talk about it often and just amongst the judges, is that I was nervous as anything the first um the first show, like literally the first first act, first show, that whole nine, like sweating buckets, because I, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know really even what television wanted from me per se. Cause you gotta think about it like this. As an artist, I kind of just dip in and out all the time. You know what I mean? Like I'll do um uh i don't know a guest appearance on a tv show and then you know i'll get off or i perform and i get off but you know this is a whole like you know like just a whole completely different experience in terms of like just jumping in and going waist deep into the world of television so what i loved about season one was once the producers were like cardi just be cardi i was like you serious that's that's all you want <laughs> and they're like, the more Cardi we can get, the better the show will be. I was like, ah, oh, well, that's one thing that I know how to do well. So, well, you yeah. know, once we got that out of the way, it was just a lot of fun. And that's really what we have, at, you know, in terms of the judges, just a lot of fun. Well, I think a lot of shows need more Cardi. I mean, you, it was, you brought not just... Um, you know, enthusiasm, and uh, but a lot of empathy for the, the people who were trying to perform. And uh, I thought you really, uh, a lot of what you were counseling was wise and on the nose. So uh, no, thank you. you did a great job. Thank um, you. I appreciate that. How, how has season two gone for you so far? Season, listen, season two, 
far exceeded my expectations and what I was hoping that it could be because, you know, season one was so well received, um, you know, for the, for the network, it was amazing because it was their, can't remember what the Trish would, Trish would be able to tell you better because she memorizes these things, but it was like the, I think it was the number one show for like original programming. It's the number one show that they've had in like the last 10 years or something, which is so amazing. So, Season one was great, and no disrespect, no shots to the acts on the first season, but like season two, I didn't know how they were going to be able to top it, and they 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 did it by leaps and bounds. So if you love season one, season two is going to be really something to watch. Like we had the most fun as as judges, but I just think even the acts that we saw, like. You know, I'm just like, well, how can they outdo this? And we've seen, you know, I don't know. I saw people bend in ways I didn't think they could bend. I've seen people flip in ways I didn't think they could flip. Incredible dancers. And, you know, you, you feel like once you've seen a dozen or two dozen, you know, dance crews or dancers, you're like, okay, like I'm used to this. But, like, they, they've really, really, really up the ante. And it's, you know, it's just, it's, uh, it's really dope. It was really, really dope. Howie just told me the same thing. He said it was like uh, the best act you saw last year, but this time they also set themselves on fire. <laughs> you know? No, no. Howie, Howie's talking about himself. He set himself on fire. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back with Cardinal. Let them know where you from. from Repping everywhere I go. Everybody from the cold. Well, this month marks the two-year anniversary of the launch of Paramount Plus. In that short time, the service has rocketed from an underdog to the fastest growing streamer in the US, adding a record 10 million subscribers in the fourth quarter alone. They've done it with a unique total household offering. Recent hits have been Top Gun Maverick, 1923, and Tulsa King. Later this month, get set for the new original series, Rabbit Hole, starring Kiefer Sutherland as a master of corporate espionage. He's on the lam after being framed for killing a government official. Damn it, Chloe, get me Paramount Plus. Also in March, watch the Challenge World Championship. The new competition series brings teams together from the US, Australia, Argentina, the UK, and beyond. At stake, a hefty half million dollars. All that and more this month on Paramount Plus. Okay, film lovers, start popping popcorn. Super Channel and the Canadian Film Fest are teaming up for the fourth time to present a hybrid festival, and this is from March 28th to April 1st. Canadian Film Fest presented by Super Channel will showcase nine features, 25 shorts, and a digital series, running concurrently for audiences to enjoy in person at Toronto's Scotiabank Theatre and virtually on Super Channel Fuse. Tickets for the theatrical screenings can be purchased now at canfilmfest.ca. The festival will open with the Toronto premiere of the Quebec-made comedy Babysitter, recently nominated for multiple 2023 Canadian Screen Awards. 
The film explores what happens to a man after a sexist joke goes viral and the journey he embarks on to free himself from sexism and misogyny. See this film and many more at the Canadian Film Fest, available in person or exclusively on Super Channel Fuse, March 28th to April 1st. And here he is again, Cardinal Official. Now, have you noticed in season two, has there been a certain region of the country that's really stepped up? Um... So, you know, it's interesting because it's, um, you would think that there were, that there would be like so many more Toronto acts. But what I love is that we're seeing a lot more people from the, from the West Coast. Um, so definitely Edmonton was in there. Um, a lot, you know, a lot of people from the, you know, from the East Coast. So it's not just like, and I'm not saying that last season was, but it's not Toronto centric at all. And I know within Canada and entertainment, a lot of times people are like, oh, well, you know, those Toronto guys are gonna do what they do and bully everybody else out. But no, I will say like there was a, a it was very evenly spread across across the country. So we definitely had you know, a good amount of people representing from the, you know, from the East, the West and Central Canada. I, I'm calling you from Brampton. Was Brampton representing? Uh, you know what? I know last year there was a, there was a definitely some Brampton acts. Yeah. No, I don't really recall if there were many Brampton acts this year. Well, we can't do it every year. There you go. Well, this is true. What <laughs> um, are you? You know, you all obviously. Um, you know, your expertise is music. Um, what? What? Um, you know, what is your tip or your most advice for um, people who are coming forward to sing on Canada's Got Talent? That's a big room to fill. They must all be mm. very nervous. Uh, what? What is the tip that you would tell people? Um, the tip that I would tell people is you've got to be able to captivate the audience and the judges very quickly. So that would be my first tip is don't try not to do a song where you're saving your quote unquote, saving the best for last, like pick a song that is going to be able to display your gifts within the first 15 seconds. That is the best way to lock in at, especially with this. Um, the other thing that I would say is make sure that you're choosing a song that goes together well with whatever your vocal ability is. Uh, meaning that if you are, and I'm just making it up, um, but you know, if you are, uh, what can I say? If you have like a, um, a crazy amount of range, then maybe pick a song by like a Christina Aguilera or, you know, a song where we're going to be able to hear that range. There's no point in like, you having all this ability, but you're just picking a song where it just plays it safe and, you know, you do a good job, but not a fantastic job. Like, you know, I really feel that there were a couple of acts within last season that could have went further had they had a better song choice. So for me, I, I really think song choice is, is something so that you can engage the audience and the judges. You can really captivate people and become memorable because there are a lot of acts during the audition. And the, the last thing that you want to have happen is have a performance to where people are indifferent, to where they're like, it was fine. That's where you, that's where you lose. You always want to be memorable on CGT for sure.
it seems the hard part for me, Cardi, is if you get through that first round, you got to have a song that's memorable the second time and then really memorable the third time, right? Well, you know, the interesting thing is that a lot of times when we talk to acts, their big dream is to be, you know, become a professional and do this full time. Now, as difficult as it may seem to, you know, to have two, three or four songs, imagine when you're an actual artist and this is how you make a living. You got to have two songs, three, four, five into the dozens. So right. that is what, you know, that is what somebody like myself goes through. That is what, you know, somebody like Anelli Furtado or whoever else, like, this is what we do. So, I mean, you know, you know, I guess maybe it's, it's the privilege of, uh, kind of being a seasoned vet when it comes to music. But I mean, that's really what it's all about. Like if somebody to me said, hey, we need you to, you know, pick your two or three best songs to perform, easy. You know what I mean? So I think you really need to get into that mindset. If this is really what you want to do for a living, you've got to be able to, like, I, I would suggest to anybody that is able to, you know, check out this interview and you want to um, you want to audition, have 12 songs ready. Wow. You know, yeah. have 12 songs ready so that at any given time, based on what you feel the energy is of the show or the judges, and you're like, okay, I see the I see the feedback that they gave me. I got through to the, you know, to the second round, to the semifinals. You gotta be able to pivot. And I think that's what every artist is able to do with their career. You gotta be able to pivot. And I think that's what I love about CGT is there are definitely with this season, without giving it away, there are some acts to where we're like, oh, well, they did their finale act like during the auditions like what are they going to do next right and unfortunately there are some acts where i'm like huh, maybe they didn't bring it you know what i mean like for the second the second opportunity but there are definitely a lot that just like absolutely killed it so that's what's exciting about season two is just the caliber just the level of talent that we have don't go away cardinals coming right back can't choose between cinnamon and Evelyn. One of them a dancer with a body from heaven, and then the other is a good girl. Legs for breakfast. I'm trying to fit both into my world like Tetris. I'm no clown, but I'm trying to juggle both. But both of them ain't feeling it. They say it's unappealing, but I can't let them go. So I tell them the news. You better work it out. I can't choose. Met a girl yesterday, said her name was Faye, and I said, nice to meet you. What you doing, little lady? You should come around my way and let me take you out to eat, girl. Well, let's do this month on CTV. First up is True Lies, a new series based on the 1994 film starring Jamie Lee Curtis and Arnold Schwarzenegger. This TV version casts Steve Howey and Ginger Gonzaga as husband and wife spies. I'm going to hold out hope that Tom Arnold shows up and makes a cameo. There's also a new Canadian comedy called Shelved. Lindy Greenwood plays Wendy, the head of a perpetually underfunded Toronto Public Library. She's surrounded by several bookish regulars. Stealing scenes as usual is Robin Duke as library squatter, unhoused Wendy Brown. Finally, look for Sullivan's Crossing. This is about a Boston neurosurgeon played by Morgan Cohen, who leaves her job in America to move back to her family's campground in Nova Scotia. Scott Patterson from Gilmore Girls plays her estranged father, Sully. There's also a handsome and mysterious newcomer played by Chad Michael Murray. Get into Sullivan's Crossing and all the new shows this month on CTV, ctv.com, and the CTV app. Time once again to talk to our friend Emily over at Hollywood Suite. Emily, what do you got for us this month? 
Well, it's my favorite month of the year. It's Women's History Month. So we've got women in film on our channels. You know, some of your favorite filmmakers like Penny Marshall, Nora Ephron, the Wachowskis, Sofia Coppola. They're all on our channels this month. And we have a female filmmaker from Canada, Chandler Levac. Uh, she made I Like Movies, which is uh, playing in Canadian theaters in March. She is programming our channels on March 30th. So you can tune in and see her selections. And as an extra bonus, on March 31st, we are screening the first two episodes of Slasher Ripper at the Review Cinema at 645. Tickets are free. Come see the first two episodes before they premiere exclusively on Hollywood Suite in April. Fantastic. Sounds like a ripping time. Thank you, Emily. Thank you, Bill. And here he is again, Cardinal Official. All right, listen, I know your time is limited. Two last quick questions. Do you think you could have aced a show like this as a contestant? Sorry, say it one more time. My my fridge is super loud for some reason. Sorry. Oh, do, you, do, more time. do you think you could have aced a competition show like this as a contestant? Oh, for sure. And I don't mean to like, <laughs> I say that because that is how I got my start, actually. Um, I mean, it wasn't, you know, there wasn't... Um, CDT wasn't around when I was a kid, but that is how I got my start is like we were we were doing every single competition that we could around Toronto. And, um, you know, it's one of those ones where like when we kept winning them, I think my parents, my mentors, family and friends, they were like, hey, you you might have something because for us, it started as just a way to be occupied after school you know what i'm saying so that yeah. you know we had you know some people had you know people do house league soccer or basketball or some people pick up you know whatever other activities that they do after school for us um because we were so in love with music that's what we were doing as we were singing and we were dancing so i mean as a you know as a 14 year old kid um you know i i performed on on breakfast television like when i was in the eighth grade so wow. Wow. You know, yeah. So for sure, I definitely, um, I definitely think I would have been able to to do well. And I only say that with such confidence because I, I actually did. <laughs> you did it. You did it. Um, well, you were great on New Year's Eve. I watched uh, you singing uh, uh, oh, New you. Year's Eve. Good job. Are we going to see you. more of you on uh, Run the Burbs? You were very funny last season on that. <laughs> Yes, I, I will say I did make an appearance on uh, season two or on the burb. So look out for that. And um, what's fun is I actually got to do my episode with Julie Black. So that is oh. exactly double the fun. Oh, yeah. We had a we had a great time. That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, last question, Cardi. What is your all time favorite TV theme song? Ooh, what a great question. Oh man, um, cool. That's a good question. All time, I had, to, I had to pick one. Could be a classic, or no, I know because that could be anything from like, you know, I used to love Three's Company. Yeah, Company Um, all the way to you know, Fresh Prince is obvious. Um. The Cosby Show intro, yeah, different world, family ties. Oh my gosh, what a, what a great question! Your name is uh, your if I had to pick one, 
You know what? If I had to pick one only because it's it's my it is the, the ringtone for my phone, I would say curb your enthusiasm. Oh, fantastic. That's great. <laughs> that is that is my ringtone right now. So I would I would say curb your enthusiasm. It 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 makes me sm- like I had the first time that I got it for weeks, I would laugh every time my phone rang. But at least now it just, you know, it just makes me smile. So I would say the theme song for, for Kirby Enthusiasm. Well, I, I've done a hundred of these podcasts now, Cardi. No one else has picked Kirby Enthusiasm. I think it's a great <laughs> choice. Good for you. Because they're not as big um, of a Larry David fan as I am. Well, I, I sure am. Glad he's coming back. Listen, uh, have fun tonight and uh, congratulations on all everything you're doing right now. Thank you so much. Uh, pleasure to talk to you. Pleasure was mine, my friend. All right, Cardi. Take care. All right. Take care. Have a good one. You too. All right. Well, Cardinal's choice for his all-time favorite TV theme is a song called Frolic, which was used as the theme to curb your enthusiasm. That honky pump, pump, pump of a brass tuba followed by mandolins was first heard in the 1970s in an Italian movie titled La Bellissima Estate. It was written by composer Luciano Michelini, who was looking to create a playful march for a story about children and a character who lived by the sea in an old airplane. He was called the Red Baron. Apparently, Larry David heard the song in the background of a bank commercial on television. It struck him as circusy, which tied in with what he was trying to create with Curb, kind of an upside-down, socially awkward circus, with Larry as the obnoxious ringleader. Michelini sold the rights to HBO, and now the song can be heard whenever anyone calls Cardi on his phone. Thanks, as always, to producer Phil Hong for all the care and flourish she brings to each one of these episodes. I'd also like to thank all of the amazing publicists who arrange for guests to share their stories here at Brio.tv. Thanks also to our sponsors, whose contributions make these podcasts possible. Finally, thanks to you, listener, for finding time to share in these conversations with the people who make the television we love. Please favor us with a like or a comment or if you're feeling especially ambitious, a review. I'm Bill Brio. Thanks for listening.